The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Rainmaker Multiplier podcast. Excited today to have Robert Sophia, the CEO and founder of Snappy Kraken, joining us to uh, give us some, what an awesome name. I'm going to ask you about that in a second, but welcome, Robert. Thank you. Good to be here, Jason. Going to be giving us some awesome advice around marketing and um, definitely you know, Robert's built a very successful uh, company in Snappy Kraken, 20 years uh, working in marketing. And so I know we're going to get some great tips from him today. So yeah, tell me, how, how'd you come up with the name Snappy Kraken, Robert? Yeah, well, you know, actually it's a good lesson in branding because really, if you look at all the businesses in, in the financial advisory space, a lot of them look similar. They feel similar. They use similar types of fonts and similar analogies. And, you know, you, you hear the jokes sometimes about the cliches with the lighthouses or, you know, the compasses, right? But in marketing, it's sort of the same. When, when we took a look at the landscape of advisor marketing companies, a lot of them, you know, the words, you, you can probably spew them out, like, you know, accelerate, elevate, um, you know, peak performance, pinnacle, you know, yeah. it's, it's all that same kind of thing. And we, we knew good branding is always really unique and different, but it has to relate to the business in some way. And the way Snappy Kraken is built, you have one centralized hub that connects dozens of, of activities and integrations like tentacles. So when we were brainstorming the name, we got to the, the octopus analogy, let it let us to Kraken. And of course, it's, it's a time saver, right? So it's Snappy. So Snappy Kraken, and uh, it's, you know, it's stuck. It, it's good. It's got strong K sounds in it. It's fun to say people remember it. And that's what a, a good branding exercise results in. That's awesome. Yeah. What a genius. Yeah. Kudos to you because it is fun to say. And it's just yeah. like, you almost want to tell people about it just because it's kind of fun to say. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny, right? Yeah. But, and I'll tell you what, I mean, it, that immediately kind of gives you some free credibility just for the fact that, uh, you came up with such a cool name that that definitely was a part of the success, but that's obviously not all of it. So uh, actually love to hear your success story, Robert, like kind of where'd you start and what got you to where you're at today? Yeah, so I love marketing. I always have. My entire career has been in marketing since uh, 1999, right out of school, I got into marketing. Uh, I did marketing in retail, then I did marketing at Ford Motor Company, and then I was recruited into a RIA to be VP of marketing when I was 23 or 24. Um, I love the business. I got securities license, so I actually am still licensed. Um, we, we grew assets at that firm from about 150 million to almost a billion in less than five years. Wow. And that was all because of great marketing and sales processes. So combined, I saw the power of a great marketing program with some talented advisors working together and the growth it can create. And that inspired me and the two advisors that I was working with at that time to actually launch a consulting company for advisors, which I did in 2009. 
ran that company until 2016, sold it to FMG Suite actually, oh. and launched Snappy Kraken. So now Snappy Kraken is what I used to do as a marketing consultant created into marketing technology. So instead of using MailChimp or Constant Contact or HubSpot or Marketo, we built our own platform. We also put the content on it and it's all in one place. It's basically a complete marketing strategy for advisors, fully automated. And that's, that's what we built. That's uh, that's snappy cracking. So 2016 till now, the last five years have been great. I mean, we've, we've grown a lot. We've got about 60 employees now uh, serving thousands of advisors and having a great time doing it. That's awesome. Where are you out of Robert? I'm based in Palm Coast, Florida, which is on the Northeast Coast, just south of Jacksonville. But our company actually is entirely remote, has been since 2016. So we have employees all over the United States, uh, also in Canada and uh, a few other countries as well. And, um, you know, the remote culture thing, we had no idea how providential that would end up being uh, with the COVID crisis. But uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a great culture, too. That's awesome. Very cool. How often... Uh... Do you get do you get people together on on a on a frequent basis or yeah how how do you handle that I know that's what a, a lot of businesses are dealing with right now trying to figure out is you know now you know COVID being a reality of life whatever you want to call it but now how do you start to create more connectivity you know now that um, people are working remotely. Yeah. I mean, connection has to be formed for a company to do well. People have to like each other, trust each other, be able to work well together. And there's a number of components to that. And it, it's it's been a work in progress for us, but I think we're in a really good place. And I'll tell you what some of our, our secrets are. Um, number one is aligning everybody around the right KPIs or key performance indicators for the business. So yeah. every employee knows what they're measured against. And those measurements are clear, they're transparent, they're company-wide. And by measuring people's performance against KPIs instead of against subjective measures like, oh, they're always here at seven o'clock in the morning, they're the first one in, the last one to leave, or, or yeah, they always dress so nicely at work. Like that's not the stuff that matters. What matters is how they perform. So we, we have a performance culture, that's, that's number one. Tracking and measuring that through technology is number two. We have a stack that includes a project management software called Asana. It includes communication software called Slack. It includes um, uh, performance management software called 15.5. And sure. there's channels for celebrating and for people to give high fives to each other. And and then we have, you know, uh, the next thing is we we do activities that are meaningful. We have snappy hour every month where employees come in, they teach you how to make their favorite drink. We play games. I do a CEO ask me anything hour every two weeks where employees can come on and just chat with me and ask questions. We we have quarterly executive offsites and in, individual departments are encouraged to get together and meet in person on a regular basis. And we have an annual all employee retreat. We fly literally the entire company in somewhere. And a lot of that money we would have spent on rent that we saved goes into a great retreat, put them up for a few days, take them out, do some fun things, talk about the business strategy, work on our KPIs and, and OKRs, objectives and key results for the business for the following year. Yeah. And, and when you do that, you you can still have a great culture, uh, even if you don't actually commute to the same office every day. That's awesome. No, that's great. That's really good. Um, 
So what, uh, so tell us a little bit about, you know, what you see out there, because, you know, your experience is pretty extensive in, in our industry, right? In the RIA um, industry that we're in, most of our advisors are, are pretty, pretty much most all our advisors are fee-based financial planners that also, um, you know, utilize insurance uh, products and solutions within their financial plans, whether that be annuities or life insurance or our asset-based long-term care, et cetera. And so uh, you're real familiar with our industry. What do you see, you know, advisors, um, what do you see, I guess, the, the biggest mistakes when it comes to marketing that you see a lot of advisors making? Yeah, uh, the, the biggest by far is failure to have a complete strategy. And when I say complete strategy, what I mean by that is literally an end-to-end -end process for acquiring new contacts, nurturing those contacts until they're ready to actually have a meaningful dialogue with you, like a, an appointment or a, a real conversation. And then a sales process for converting them into clients. And then after that, a, a further process to expand that relationship and generate referrals off of those relationships. So that is a complete strategy. And if you don't have workflows and automations and content for every phase of that strategy, what you end up with is ultimately less performance than you would otherwise get. So I, I find a lot of advisors will have a, a mousetrap that they like. For, for many, for a long time before COVID, it was seminars, workshops. I, I have these workshops, I get these leads, I call these people, I book them for meetings, I close them, repeat. Okay, that's that's a fine mousetrap, but it's only one mousetrap. And then what happens if you can't do seminars or you can't fill seminars or whatever? So that's that's a tactic. And the tendency is to think tactically, like, oh, I, I heard I should be doing more video. So they start doing video. Or I heard I should do a podcast, so they do a podcast. But not thinking about where those things fit in that overall strategy, which audience they're right for, at which phase of that journey, promoting it to the right people. And, and so they end up with this, this disconnected marketing where there's like, this is going on over here, this is going on over here, but it's not leading people through from the beginning to the end, and there's gaps in it. That's, that's the biggest problem. And then you know, we can talk more about that. I'll say the number the number two thing is is really about expectations versus reality. And when you're dealing with the modern buyer, the the modern consumer, the modern investor, and the way they do business and the level of effort and contact that has to happen to build trust over time and convert. Uh, the reality of that is much different than what a lot of advisors think who have been, for lack of a better word, spoiled by living off of referrals or, you know, the ability they had at one time to pack seminars. And, yeah. and now they've got to do it differently. And, and they're, what they expect is they expect this new form of doing business to be just as short yeah. of a process, just as quick of a cycle, just as easy as it was when they could just look somebody in the eye, shake their hands and close them in you know, one or two meetings. Yep, they give up too quick. Honestly, Robert, it is what happens too, right? Because they don't get the immediate results. 
and they're like, this doesn't work. And then they give up on it. And, you know, when, I mean, I'm, you know, when I look at my business, I'm guilty of this too, like my financial planning business. And so when COVID hit, we were doing a ton of educational workshops and getting a ton of referrals. It was like, those are, were the two avenues. And, um, and, and we have a very large tax practice too. So we were getting a fair amount of business. And we have some, um, some other tax practices that we have relationships with uh, that are, uh, you know, an hour away or one's a half hour away that we built, you know, and we're, we, you know, we're getting business from those too. So the tax model, our tax business, as well as other people's tax businesses that we do financial with, um, that's definitely, so there's really three major components and then COVID hit, right? And it shut down one of our main components, which was doing live educational workshops. And so we had to pivot and go virtual. And we doubled down on our referrals, right? We plugged into a referral process, Bill Cates teaches, it's fantastic. And we did get a ton more referrals. So that helped fill the gap um, from the educational workshops. But simultaneous, and that happened right away, right? It was just, we weren't asking, we were just getting referrals by doing a good job. Well, then we incorporated a strategic way to start asking even got more referrals, but it took us six months before, from start to finish, before we started to see results from virtual marketing, right? We'd never really done it before. And it was like, we thought we were freaking out for a little bit there, right? We're like, this doesn't work. Like, oh my God, is it ever going to work? And thank God we stuck with it because now it's lights out. It's unbelievable what's happening because it's like the buying process um, takes a lot longer, like for online. But at the end of the day, once you get it going, it's like a train that's never going to stop. I mean, it's constantly producing huge results. And you know what's interesting too, Robert? And I, I'd be interested to hear if you're hearing this elsewhere, but we raised our minimum level of clients because we are attracting such a higher net worth demographic than we were before when we were doing the live workshops. I mm -hmm. mean, we're, we're big, our case sizes have gotten substantially larger now because of the virtual marketing. I think the higher net worth people are like, you know, they want more control over when they consume the content, which they have the ability to do it online. Versus like getting stuck into an educational workshop with a bunch of other people. It's like, I, I don't know, but it's, um, it's like, I swear it's, you know, this COVID, you know, from a business standpoint, it's been one of the best things that ever happened to us because it forced us into doing the, the, the marketing and we're client a snappy cracking, obviously, um, but yeah, are other people experiencing that too? Like that, that, they're finding they're attracting the larger clients? Yeah, well, absolutely. And there's a few reasons for that. I mean, first of all, if you think about the typical seminar attendee, I'm not saying you don't get some whales to come to seminars occasionally. I, I did mm -hmm. seminars for years. I mean, they they can be very successful. And I, I think as long as you can have them safely nowadays and people will attend, I, I wouldn't encourage anybody to stop if you can get some business from it. But, right. but the reality is the people who come to those 
at the times where advisors usually have them, you know, they're either going to be retired or they're going to be, you know, somehow they prioritize their time to think coming to that event is the best use of their time. And people who are very busy, who have a lot of obligations, business owners, people with high net worth, their, their tendency is to do things on their own terms when convenient for them. And that's the point with online marketing. They're also looking for specific answers to questions that, that posed properly online, framed properly with effective lead magnets, can get them opted into a process where you now have a chance to build credibility and trust longer term. Because a lot of times people with significant wealth are also slower to trust. And that's why referrals work so well. There's trust there. But if it's cold, you have to be able to build that trust successfully in an automated fashion online. Think about how many emails you get, Jason. I do too. I'm a CEO. I get tons of cold outreach. Yeah. It, it, it's going to take a while for somebody reaching out to me for, for me to respond typically. And so that's the same thing with automated marketing. If you start doing it well and, and you're consistent with, you get those people in your process who never would have converted initially, might not have answered your first or your second phone call, but 50 emails later, yeah. as they start to see, wow, this person really has a lot of knowledge about the area of my concern, they're coming in the door. And maybe they never would have attended a seminar, but they're consuming that content and it, and it is leading to that. So th it's not the be all end all, I don't think anything yeah. is by itself you have to decide again where in that in that overall strategy each thing fits and and you cannot have a successful marketing strategy without a digital component today because consumers just expect it they yeah. you, you they're so busy they're so distracted and, and your competitors are going after them too if you're not staying in their inbox in their dms in their text messages in their feeds you, you somebody else will be there and and you you want to be there to capitalize on that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, you know, the big difference, I think, you know, with the virtual marketing is the nurturing that has to happen, right? It's like you have to, like, it, it's not often a one and done. It's like they have to see you, hear from you, get comfortable from you, the funnel, right? And, like, in, in a lot of touches more so than you know if you're used to doing the the live workshops it was like first time you ever met them there is some kind of bond or trust or rapport that gets built face to face skin to skin right in the same room with each other a comfort level that happens that gets them to ultimately go to the next step of book, booking an appointment um versus digitally virtually online it, you you gotta there's needs to be a bunch more touches before they actually get to that point where they're comfortable to take right. the next step so it's just really you said it before it's like expectation management right and like go into it with better expectations of what that's going to look like yeah 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 and, and you think about trust right like everybody has a trust issue, especially with new businesses online, because mm -hmm. there's so much fraud taking place online. And there's yeah. been a lot of financial fraud too. And, and generally people are skeptical about our industry. And, and so if you want to build trust, how do you do it? You have to let them see what kind of a person you are. 
you have to showcase your credentials. And there's actually even a, a psychological principle. It's the familiarity effect, or it's called the mere exposure effect. And basically it, it, it proves that the repeated exposure someone has to something enhances their attitude toward it. So the more they're introduced to your brand, to you, to videos of you talking, to pictures of you and your family that you, what you did on the weekend, to more education about whatever area, whether it's taxes or, or long-term care planning or whatever it is that you're focused on, um, that they're seeing that they're interested in, that's building their preference up higher and higher. But if you look at the traditional ways of doing business, all they need is somebody best friend to say, I use them and I love them. So go do business with them. That's a shoe and that's a slam dunk. Of course it's easy, but you don't have that benefit with a cold lead you get online. That's why you need a complete framework to move them from way over here, cold. I don't know you. I don't like you. I don't trust you to over here. Hey, I, I actually do. You're interesting. You know, your stuff and I'm ready. I'm ready to talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, as you were saying it earlier, you know, it really resonated with me about through the years, I've made a lot of mistakes, right, in, uh, in marketing and a lot of one-offs, right? And it wasn't until the last couple of years that I really figured out that it all has to be one connected ecosystem. You know, yes. that strategy has to be coordinated in multiple ways. And... Um, yeah, yeah, the one-offs just don't uh, don't work very well typically. Yeah. You know, you, when you say that, it makes me think about an advisor that I worked with, 10 years in business, did a ton of public events, did work with local charities, and every time they would do an event or some, a seminar or something like that, they'd get a spike in business, right, over the years. And they would get that business and they would move on. Well, over that time period, they had collected forms and uh, you know, opt-ins from contests and seminars, people filling out forms and registering. They had thousands of email addresses. Now they weren't entered in a database. They were on paper, some were in spreadsheets. Yeah. So I had them get their admins to spend a few weeks and just put all those email addresses into one spreadsheet. We ran it through email authentication software, purged the ones that weren't valid. At the end of this process, they had literally thousands of email addresses. We started them on an eight week drip series. And every week it was a new message. Hey, I know it's been a long time. You may not remember me, but you came to one of our events in the past, provided us with your name and email address. I'm sorry we lost touch, but I wanted to reach out to you personally, A, B, C, D, right? And in sequential messages, we'd remind them of what the advisor did, throw in a few helpful insights or anecdotes, and then close with a really nice familiar, hey, that's all, I hope you're well. End of the email. By the way, I have a question. Open the door, right? 120 replies on the first email. They started closing business. Over the period of about two months, while those eight-week emails ran, they acquired 20 new clients. The 20 new clients generated an average of around four to $5,000 each in new fees, new annual fees, commissions. Yeah. So basically all we did was send a emails and we generate, we, we increased their annual recurring revenue in their business by hundred grand. Yeah. It was, it was that easy. Now what's, what's the point? If they had been doing that all along, if they had just had that as part of their process, 
those people would have been clients for years probably. There would have been more people whose email addresses wouldn't have become invalid, who would have remembered them. The point is there's gold. There's gold in the follow-up. And just because you you might get an email address or a contact and you think, well, you know, they didn't become a client right away. It's worthless. That is not true. It's, it, it is like having a gold mine, but you have to keep mining it and sifting it and refining it. And, and over time, it really pays off. Do you find most advisors are, you know, I'm a good example of this, um, Robert, that through the years, you know, for however many years, probably 10 years, I've been collecting email addresses, right? However long, probably longer than that. And I would just stick them on a newsletter, stick them on a newsletter, right? But there was no funnels. There was no strategy. It was just like stick them on a newsletter, whatever. Um, and then, you know, so what do you do now? Like if an if if a uh, if somebody's in that category where they collected a lot of the emails and they stuck them on a newsletter, do you transition them off? Like if they're going to work with Snappy Kraken, do you transition them off of the newsletter? Is it you know how does that connect or work? Yeah, because I think a lot of advisors have you know got caught in that same game of just like. Put them on a newsletter. Put them on a newsletter, you know? Yeah. Well, all newsletters aren't created equal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, let's face it, right? Like, there's a lot of emails going out that people less about. Right. Uh, they're just automated, junk, curated articles. They do nothing to really build the advisor's credibility. At best, they just keep their name in the inbox, which mm -hmm. is better than nothing. But that was, not, that was me. <laughs> I was like shitty newsletter, but at least it kept dust in front of them, right? Yeah. And and again, I, I say it's better than nothing. Um, but what you really have to ask yourself is what are the people on my list going to benefit from the most? That's number one. And then really that question cannot be answered unless you split it and say, what will our clients benefit the most? And what will our prospects benefit the most from? Because you don't want to just talk to your clients the same way you talk to a cold prospect. You can be more personal. You can, you're going to be less sales oriented prospects. You're going to want to use calls to action more frequently. You're going to want to include offers for brief phone consultations, in-person meetings, virtual visits. You start sending that stuff to your clients. It's weird. So can you send a newsletter to everybody because it's easy? Yes. But is that going to be the most effective? No. So what do prospects need? Prospects need sequences designed to build your credibility and open up dialogue, to start conversations. That's what they need. You need something that's going to trigger them to say, you know what? I didn't think about that. I better respond and ask a question. That's your goal with prospect emails. With clients, it's to educate, inform, reassure. So the, the nature of the content depends on the nature of the relationship and the goal that you have. And so with Snappy Kraken, what we do is we, we have all of our content separated by audience persona and by objective. So if you go in our library and you click on earn contacts or um, start conversations, that content is for prospects. But if you click on build relationships, generate referrals, that content is for clients. And 
some of it's for everybody. I mean, an example is we have a, a really powerful tool that our, our advisors love. It's called the um, uh, Personal Connection Video Series. We release one every two weeks, and it has a video script they can put in their own words that tells them how to record the video. They basically just drop the link in yeah. to YouTube and it populates the entire campaign, puts the video on a landing page, sends out two emails, posts to post it to social. Sure. Now on that page, there's the video and there's a form on the bottom of the right below it that says, have a question about this, submit it here. Now that's great for clients and prospects. Yep. So the cadence is really, you know, we help them determine it, but it's every two weeks they get a video email. Once a month they get a visual insights newsletter and prospects get separate nurturing series. Once yeah. a quarter, there's a economic and market update that goes out to everybody. So again, you've got some specialized content, some content that's for everyone, um, but it's not just one newsletter. And that's important too, because different people consume different types of content. So we mix it up. You'll have the short form nine word email. Then you'll have the long form seven paragraph email with a chart. And then you'll have the infographic and then you'll have the video and we're hitting them with different things. It's almost like they're at a restaurant. They're looking at the menu. They're trying to decide what to order and they'll find something on that menu that appeals to them. And that's why it's really better than just one generic sort of same one size fits all approach. That's awesome. That video you were describing, you guys send a script just so all they got to do is get in front of the camera and read the script. That's it. We give them the script. We give them the, we tell them how to do it. We give we have a coaching video and then they literally record it and then they copy and paste the link and it populates the whole campaign. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, we're, we're a client of snappy cracking. We use you guys in our personal practice. I'm a little bit removed because um, I don't run the marketing lane and I don't run the sales lane. And so the advisors record the videos and do all that. Um, so that's, uh, that's interesting. Let's talk about, we were talking a little bit about this, Robert, before we got on. And we're using your service with our existing database, right? Um, and, but I know you can also, um, you know, use it where, for new people, right? To, to generate new. And I think like, um, to me, like we're, it's a home run, right? Like us using you guys. And, but we have not used you work for new people. We've only used you for um, existing database. So could you, um, kind of uh, explain the difference in the two and um, uh, best practice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. So when you think about the complete strategy that I was talking about, um, we, we discussed nurturing a lot, the, the ongoing follow-up that has to happen. But that can't happen if you don't have people to reach out to if you don't have a database. So advisors come to us with one of two scenarios. Either they have a good database, they have followers on social media, they have email addresses of prospects, and they need to maximize that. Snappy Kraken's great. Just turn it on. You don't have to pay extra money. You just use it with your audience. And as you said, it's a home run. 
We use data to benchmark how we're performing and we outperform all the advisors doing it by themselves. The other marketing companies were, were very effective. Now, if they do not have that, if you don't have an audience, you don't have email addresses, you don't have client email addresses, you don't have followers on social media, who's going to see your marketing? What good is it going to do? And this is where the other type of advisors come in. They don't have that built up yet. So if you don't have something to work with, you've got to build an audience somehow. You've got to get people on your list so you can actually nurture them. Therefore, we offer a separate program. It's an upgrade and it's called Ad Boost and it's Facebook advertising. And Facebook advertising, you, you pick your budget and then we promote your content to people in your area where you want to market. That generates email opt-ins. So to download your content, they get opted in. Now, yeah. those people are cold. They're, they're cold new relationships and they opted in because they wanted the information. They're not pre-qualified. And we target people who appear to be qualified and we use content that is designed to only appeal to people who are qualified. I mean, let's face it, somebody's not gonna download something that says, what should I do with a million dollars if they don't have a million dollars? But the, the advisor relationship is cold. So now you have to go through the nurturing process. You gotta build trust. And it might take six or 12 months of advertising and building a list before you have you know, several hundred qualified prospects that you can actually uh, start to see convert. But it's a, it's a slower way. It's a longer term way and it's not free. Uh, it's not cheap. I mean, the average, the average cost of a lead on our platform, once you add in our management fees and the advertising cost, it's about 50 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, you gotta have, um, you gotta have a budget for that. And, right. and some, some of our members get them as cheap as 30, but you know, it's, it's not going to be instant. It's it's a longer term process. You got to be patient, plant the seeds, water them, and eventually they sprout. And you know this goes back to what we talked about before, Robert. Is expectations like an expectation with people who have already come to a workshop or somehow or another you met, you put them on a newsletter, they know your name, right? At some point, you know, there's some familiarity. You plug Snappy Kraken into that big group, forget about it. I mean, like us, we've had amazing success, right? But the six, but the the expectation, if you're if you haven't done that, if you haven't built up a database that you can plug Snappy Kraken into or plug into Snappy Kraken, and you're just doing the paid, right? And plugging that in. Set yourself realistic expectations that you have to take those people from stranger and uh, nurture them to ultimately be like the other people would have been warmer, right? Like because they yeah. know you. Yeah. Yep. And and don't don't come in and think that it's going to be instant. You know, short term. It's and 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 actually how well your sales process works and how good of a marketer you are, even though you have snappy cracking to empower you makes a difference. I'll, I'll give you an example. We had an advisor who was having the best success with our advertising program of anyone in generating leads, but he was converting none. He was literally generating over a hundred a month and getting no clients. And he started working with a performance coach. 
Uh, yeah. Actually, I'll give props to to Stephanie at Limitless Advisor. Um, and she helped him work on his sales process. And what he started doing was, as those lead, leads would come in, he would immediately put them into a snappy cracking campaign with eight weeks of customized emails. And then at the end, he would send them a video email, which was already pre-built in snappy cracking, introducing himself, talking more about his firm. Yeah. He had a call cadence that he put in place to reach out to them after they finished that sequence and he started converting them. And now it's the lifeblood of his business. So I, I, I think the key here is twofold. Number one, you got to have the right expectations and, and, and the right attitude. You got to be patient. Number two is you got to have a good process. It's not just the lead comes in and it books on your calendar and it converts. You've got to be willing to, to follow through to make it happen. Yeah. Well, thanks so much uh, for being on today. You just wrote a book, right, Robert? I did, yeah. It's called Blend Out, How Ordinary Advisors Can Transform into Irresistible Brands. And it's available for pre-sale on Amazon. It'll be released at the end of this month. Awesome. Very cool. So we can yeah. check that out. And uh, yeah. how, what if they want to learn more about Snappy Kraken? snappycracken.com and and when you come just make sure you let them know that you're affiliated with c2p and you'll get a nice discount as well yep yep great referral partner yep and appreciate that robert and thanks for being on the podcast today it was a delight thank you jason for having me the rainmaker multiplier on-demand series is brought to you by clarity to prosperity a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit clarity2prosperity.com.